0: This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh my gosh. How are you guys doing this morning? Are you good? Yes, yes. Oh man, we should be excited. I'm excited to be here this morning. I met someone in the lobby who works for Chick-fil-A. Yes. I love Chick-fil-A. That got me so pumped this morning. Carrie, thank you for being here. Uh I'll see you this week. Um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh yeah, so my name's Joel. I'm a part of the dream team here at the River Church. Uh unfortunately Mike and Katie couldn't be here with us. His grandfather passed away this week in Mississippi, so pray for them. Um And they're on their way back right now. And so just be praying for them. Pray for me this morning. Uh, Public speaking is like the number one fear, like in America or the world. And so, uh, yeah, I get pretty... uh pretty nervous about it. Uh, It's so funny because I told my wife before I came up here, I said, I'm going to say some crazy stuff today. I just feel it. I feel like I'm going to make a fool of myself. So uh, just get ready for that. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. I want to give a shout out to Facebook live. We see you guys. Yes. This is the first time I've ever been on Facebook live. I'm a little nervous about that too. So, but we thank you for being with us. Uh, Yes. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you that when we come into this place, you meet with us. God, we thank you that your presence is here right now. And there are people in this room, including myself, who may have been struggling this week and hurting this week and need you to heal us and transform us. And God, just thank you uh, for your grace and for the fact that you'll reach down to us and pick us up from where we are. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
1: In the first chapter of Genesis, there's this really interesting thing that happens where God says, let us make man in our own image. Now that's that's plural, says let us make man in our own image. Now he's talking about the Trinity there, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are then creating us out of their own very image and breath, which means this community, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, if we're created in their image, then that means it's in our very identity that we are created for community as well. It's actually trying to live without community is like trying to live without oxygen. It's a very part of what it means to be human. I think a lot of times though we fall on the other side of that. We think we can just follow Jesus all by ourselves just he's our best friend and we have no church community. We have no uh, people around us that are helping us through life but God gave us this family that actually is where true joy comes from. I mean trying to live without the church is like trying to sit on a stool with one peg. You might be able to do it decently successful in regards to how you're showing yourself to the world but it'll be very difficult and much harder. It wasn't created to act like that. We were created for community. We were created to be in the family of God.
0: I wanted to show you guys that quick video from uh, Jefferson Bethke. He, uh, he says something that I felt like was a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. He said that living as a Christian outside of the church is like sitting on a stool with one leg. You can do it kind of fairly well for a little while, Uh, But eventually, you can't anymore. And today, uh, we're going to be talking, continuing this series, The Fight. Um, Man, Mike, last Sunday killed it. Like if you didn't catch that podcast or you didn't hear that sermon, I'll tell you it was incredible talking about who's in your corner. We've just been walking through practical ways that as you live this spiritual life and you're a part of this fight, uh, fighting not only sin and self-destruction in your life, but just living out this Christian walk. Mike uh, in the series has been giving us tools that we can use, practical tools to fight this fight. And so this morning is going to be no different. Uh, we're going to be talking about something, uh, and we'll get into that. My sermon today, if you're taking notes, is called As Usual. As Usual. So I grew up in church. Um, if you know me and you know my story, I, I don't really have a horror story. Uh, I grew up in church. Let me tell you a little backstory about my family real quick and how kind of God invaded my family. Uh, my grandfather and my grandmother, happily married, um, were a part of the church. Uh, she died my grandfather was broken hearted. He left the church, kind of ran away, got remarried and, and created kind of a dysfunctional home life. Uh, and my mom had a brother and a sister and they grew up in this environment. My uncle, uh, was, uh, played in a, a rock band and was a heavy drug user. Um, and so he had his deal going on. My aunt, uh was had married an old Baptist boy um but was beginning to experiment in the occult and actually became a witch and eventually was demon possessed. How crazy is that? And then my my mom is the youngest and she's trying to navigate all this happening, all this things going on, just her life is crumbling around her. And so this is kind of how God invaded our family. And it's gonna sound outrageous and I don't recommend this. My uncle went to the movies and he went and saw the exorcist hi. Yeah, don't do that. That's terrible. Uh, he went and saw the exorcist high. He got so freaked out that he went out to the car and gave his life to Christ. <laughs> he was like so freaked out. He get, went back to the car. He's like, God, I'm done. Uh, I'm giving you my life. And he was for real. He went on to be a church planner and a preacher. Around the same time, my aunt, uh, she, my, uh, my uncle, she was trying to hurt herself living this life in the occult, obsessed. She was trying to hurt herself. So my uncle actually tied her to the bed and he was an old Baptist boy. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, I just got the Bible out. He said, I started reading the Bible out loud. And her story is that God, she was in a fog that a light came from heaven. and She believed it was Jesus came down and touched her life and delivered her. And so she ended up traveling around and sharing her testimony. My mom, it's seeing all this happening, trying to figure out where her life's at and what God wants for her life is on the beach. And my family loves the beach. Like, God speaks to our family at the beach. Uh, it, I, I'm not even playing. Like, so mom, my mom is kind of like, God, if you're real, she's yelling out on the beach, God, if you're real, show me a sign. And, hey, you call it coincidence, say what you want. She stumbles as she's walking, she comes across a chambered nautilus. Literally, if you know about this, it's like a spiral shell. It's about this big. We used to have it sitting in our house until I don't know if it was Katie or myself knocked it over and it broke. It's terrible, but she had this sitting. She said, God, give me a sign. And she came across that for her. That was God giving her a sign. And she heard God speak to her for the first time and said, look at the beach, look at the sea. I made this for you. And so she decided to give her life to Christ. And that's how God kind of invaded our family. We, before that, we didn't really have much spiritual influence. So as you can imagine, I grew up in the church. My parents moved to Atlanta. They were church planners. They planted a church in Atlanta. So little baby Joel and little baby Katie are running around always at church. I mean, we went to the kind of church where, uh, well, first of all, we went to Sunday school. All right. If we had it, we'd go to big church. If you know anything about big church, then we go to children's church and all this was happening on a Sunday. I went to a church too, that you knew when it started. You just didn't really know when it ended. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if some of y'all have been at church like that. You you know when it started. Listen, if you were smart, you brought snacks. I'm talking, we started at nine. We didn't know if we were getting out at 3.30 or 4, okay? One time I looked over and a dude had a box of KFC chicken. He was eating KFC at church. You guys are welcome to do that here. I don't I don't see a problem with it. I mean, we're not going to we won't go that long uh like like how we are today. We'll probably go to 430 today. But uh uh, but yeah, so that was the kind of church I went to. I mean, we were always in church. I was on the praise team. So throughout the week we had praise team practice. Uh, I was a part of a dance team, you know, like the Happy Hands Club, like, you know, Jesus, all that stuff. I did all that stuff to every famous Christian radio song possible. I'm telling you, you name it, third date, whatever, we did it. And so I was a part of that, so that there were practices for that. We had midweek service Wednesday, so we did Wednesday. There was a youth Bible study on Thursday. There was probably some street outreach on Friday and Saturday. I'm talking, I was in church all the time. And I don't, I'm not mad about that. I actually am thankful for that because in a way, like, I don't have a horror story. I don't have a lot of scars in my life, and I attribute it to that. I pray that the river and our community here is going to be that for my son. But as I got older, I just assumed that everybody was doing church. Like I go to school, I assumed everybody was doing church. And as I got older, as I got older, I realized I was like, you know, maybe we're too busy doing church instead of actually being the church. And some of us, that may be a head scratcher because that's so different than what we actually know. Joel, what are you talking about? If you went to dictionary.com right now and you put in the word church, the definition that comes up is this, a building for public Christian worship, a building for public Christian worship. This poses a big problem for us at the river. I don't know if you noticed this, but this isn't our building. If if you got to have a building to have a church, we're not a church. Some of you are like, this isn't a, this isn't your church. No, this isn't elementary school auditorium. Okay. Some of you are like, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah. This is this elementary school auditorium. If to be a church, you got to have a building, then we're not a church. And that's so, so, so different. And, uh, and here's the thing about it is, is that, uh, well, let me tell you this, my growing up, I had a friend, he's one of my homeboys through and through, and we learned this lesson. Uh, You know, we live in a world where church is a building. It's a place you go and all that kind of stuff. But one of my friends, he was annoying about it. He was younger than me, too. And we were all just Ugh, get away from this little kid. We'd say, hey, I'll meet you at the church. He's like, we are the church. I'm like, bro, I know that we're going to the church. We are the church. I'm so excited to go to the church. We are the church. I'm like, dude, stop. Like we literally he got he got on nerves so bad. I'm so glad that he did that, though. Because in our mind, we have to allow God to kind of retrain our mind, retrain the way we think about church. Church is not just a building. It's about a people. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We are the church. Church is not about a place. It's about a people. It's not where you go. It's about who you're becoming. Yes, it's a place you go, but it's about you and me and our relationship with God. That's what the church is there's a Greek word for the church. It's, it's called ecclesia. Yeah. I went to school. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Bible college. That's about all I remember. <laughs> uh, there's a Greek word for church. It's called ecclesia. All right. It means the church and associated with that word are two other words, assembly and gathering, assembly and gathering. As we gather together in unity, we become the church. Okay. See Again, it's easy for us to think about a building, all these other things. But when we gather together, we actually become the church. Yes, we are in an elementary school auditorium. But when we decide to come together, this auditorium is no longer an elementary school auditorium. It becomes the house of God. Because we as a family, when we come together, we are the church. Can I get an amen? Is that right? Yeah. We are the church. And if you know this truth, you understand, I've been, I went to Guatemala when I was younger and I went out with these Christians in Guatemala. They didn't have a building. They have nothing. Okay. Nothing. We went out and we were in a field Man, we had church in a field. Like I experienced God in the middle of a field. That was one of the ways I'm like, I know we don't have to have a building. Listen, I experienced God in a movie theater in Alliance, right? If you're new here, that's where we used to meet. We met in a movie theater. Like, we had to get out of there fast because the movies would start playing. Like, I can't count how many times the ads came on in the movie theater. Poor Mike just covered in some kind of ad or movie. Man, it's crazy. It was awesome, though, man. It was awesome. I like this a lot better, though. Uh, But, yeah, you can experience God. When we come together, there's something about when us as believers, we come together in one place, there's something special about that. I'm about Facebook live and I'm about podcasts and things like that. But there's something different that happens when we come together on a Sunday morning or come together in our community groups. When us as believers come together, the scripture literally says we are the church. We become the church. And in that experience with one another, we experience God in a real way. How many of you guys, when you come on a Sunday morning, you experience God, you feel God, you know, his presence is here. Yeah. And that's because we decide to come together as the church. And Jesus loves his church. There's some metaphors uh, in the Bible that I love to describe this so that you don't think I'm just up here saying what I think, okay? There's some metaphors in the Bible. One of them is this, that Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the source of life. And and out from me as the church, as uh the church you guys are branching out and sharing the life of god in our broken world another one of the metaphors is the body you've heard this before i think i preached it last time i was here uh up here uh we are literally the hands and feet of jesus you play a role and a part in the body of christ and a lot of times we judge like churches that we see we see churches limping a little bit and we're going what what's going on there a lot of that has to do with your role as a part of the church. Think about it. You have a testimony. You have a gift. God's given you something special to exercise in this meeting and exercise in this community. And I think that's the reason a lot of the churches are kind of limping today. Limping along is because part of the body isn't functioning right. I have, uh, I've been a part of a lot of churches and I've had people come to me who have said things like this. like They identify a need in the church. Sometimes it's in the form of complaints. Sometimes it's in the, you know, they're like, hey, you need to do this better. You need to do this, you know, all that kind of stuff. We've all experienced that kind of stuff. Some of us see those things. And I always try to encourage people, like if they see something that needs to improve, whether it's in our meeting or what we do, I always encourage them with this. So what are you going to do about it? And the reason I say that is because God's given you a specific vision of something where not everyone, you may think, oh, everyone sees that. No. Not everyone sees that. God's given you a specific vision, vision for a way we can improve or a way that we can experience God even more. And so maybe that's God calling you to step in and participate in the body, in the body. I see that all the time. Even here at the river, there are things that ways, every church is not perfect. I don't know if you know that, like there's always going to be imperfections and things in the church. We're human beings, but When the body functions properly and together in the gifts that God's given you, I'm telling you, the body looks healthy and strong. The other, uh, the other metaphor that I like and I want to talk to you about is the metaphor of the bride, the bride. I want to read some scripture for you guys. You guys can read along. If you've got your Bibles, turn in John three, 25 through 30. It's going to be up on the screen, but if you want to read along, you can. And I'm going to go ahead and read it right now. Verse 25. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is flocking to him. John responded, No one can receive a single thing unless it's given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Let me break it down for you. There is a revival happening outside of town. John the Baptist is leading a revival. It's happening outside of town. People are getting saved, giving their lives to Jesus. He's baptizing people, right? We call him like the first hipster preacher, right? He's wearing camel fur. He's eating locusts. He'd be chilling, sipping nitro at Brood downtown if he were here. He's like the first hipster pastor. And so he's he's preaching outside of town and people are flocking to him and he actually has disciples. Well, all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he's baptizing people on the other side of town. And his and John's disciples show up and they're like, John, bro, this guy's over here. People are getting saved. He's baptizing people. And and John, this is one of the first times we see this metaphor. John speaks to him and he says, "This, he who who has the bride is the groom. He who has the bride, which is Jesus, all right. The bride is the people that are flocking to him. Us is the groom, Jesus. But the groom's friend, John the Baptist." who stands by and listens for him, rejoices greatly. The first metaphor where we see someone saying that the relationship between us as a group collectively and our relationship with God is like a bride and groom, a bride and groom. Uh, Let's go on to the next passage. Before we do that, look at that last verse. I'm sorry uh, if we went there. Look at the last verse uh, that we just read in John. He says, he must increase but I must decrease. John and his disciples are coming to him and be like, bro, he's more famous than you are. And John's like, no, 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 no. I must decrease so that he can increase. Let that be a lesson to all of us. That in our life, in our relationship with God, we must decrease our pride, what we think is best. And we must increase or submit to him in the way we live our life. Let's look at the next one. This is Ephesians five twenty-five. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the ch- the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever so no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be joined with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So, I mean, you can't miss it. I mean, he is saying here in the book of Ephesians that just like a man and woman are brought together uh, in marriage, so is the church and with Jesus. It's the same type of relationship. Okay? It's the same type of relationship, a level of intimacy, a level of trust that when we gather together, we experience. I've heard it described like this. My wife and I, we've been married eight years And, uh, what, what? And, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, we got that cute kid out of it. That's pretty sweet. Uh, we've been married eight years. Imagine if somebody came up to me and was like, bro, I'm about you, dude. I love you, Joel. Man, you are my dude. I am with you to the end. Like I support you. I am with you. You're the coolest dude. I am about you. I will die for you, bro. And then he put his hand on my shoulder and said, but Katie, I don't like her. I ain't about her. I'm not with her. Man, this dude gonna have a problem. You understand what I'm saying? We, we're gonna have an issue. How do you think Jesus feels when we say to him, I love you, Jesus. I support you. I'm about you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. But then we turn around and we say, but I don't like your church. I don't like the followers of Jesus. I don't like those people. You understand that? All of us have heard that before. But it's so explicit right here in the scripture that Jesus, the scripture saying that the relationship between the church and with God, with Christ, with Jesus, it's so tight. It's like a marriage. You can't separate the two. There's a level of trust and intimacy in that. Oh gosh, and I've heard this too. I've heard, you know, if you were to come to me and say, the river is full of a bunch of hypocrites, I'd say, Yes, yes. Welcome. You'd fit right in. I mean, think about it. We're all hypocrites. We're all hypocrites. Listen, Paul, one of the greatest men in the Bible said, "The things I want to say and the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I uh, do say and the things that I I do, I don't want to." You understand? We're all hypocrites. We all say one thing and do the other, but thankfully we have a God who loves us and is full of grace and mercy and to pull us out of that. Jesus was, uh, man, he was hard. He was hard on the, on the hypocrites. He called a whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. He's saying, you look like a pretty tomb on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. All right. Yes. We are all hypocrites. We've been in that at some point, And I I say this, I'm not trying to get angry, but I'm just saying like, I hear that so much as a reason people can't experience God in the church. Church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And thankfully we have a God that loves us who will pull us out of that. It doesn't matter where you go. And my thing is this, I'm sorry, I'm ranting real quick. Facebook live rant. Let's get it. Man, my thing is this, where else should we go? If we're a hypocrite, we ought to be in church on Sunday. Good Lord. Where else can we go? done rent over on to the next thing sunday mornings isn't about us it's about jesus you shouldn't come into this place on a sunday morning and go god what can i get from you today you should be saying this when you come into this place you should be saying god what can i give you today in worship and praise when you leave this place you shouldn't say that was a really good talk that was some really good music you should leave this place and say god i trust you more today i trust you more today The idea, the metaphor of the bride and the groom may be tough for some of us men in the room, okay? Some of y'all are like, I ain't no bride. I ain't putting on no wedding dress. What you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it was a metaphor, all right? It's a metaphor for intimacy and trust in a marriage and a relationship, okay? It's a metaphor, a trust. When we come into this place, let's be honest, when we worship God and we come before God, we're... We're, we're, we're building our relationship. We're saying, God, can I trust you with my life? Can I trust you with my life? And in a way, and this is, hear me out when I say this, God is also saying, can I trust you with the things that I've given you? Listen, when we follow God and when we get closer to him, we obey him more. All right. I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm talking about a relationship in a relationship. You build that relationship by trust and intimacy. This is an opportunity. When we come together, we grow closer to God, our Creator, who knows us and loves us. On a Sunday morning and in this meeting, and when we gather in community groups, it is about coming together and becoming the church, changing ourselves into his image. And so here at the river, um, we uh how, how many of you guys, well, never mind, we we take a class called Deeper. It's our membership class, all right? And uh, we used to give out these really cool River Church mugs. Um, Mike, when you hear this on the podcast, we got to get some more mugs, bro. Uh, and these people are thirsty, all right, for the truth. Um, but yeah, we took a deeper class, okay? And our, it's our membership class. We walk you through kind of what we believe here at the river, who we are, our DNA, uh, everything, and what it, what this Sunday morning experience is, and we kind of manage our expectations to talk about what it is. I would love to walk you through those, because if you haven't taken deeper, I want to walk through what you can experience on a Sunday morning. Why? When we gather together as the church, it's important. And so the first one, if you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is this, we experience salvation together. We should all be working to be holy, a holy and a blameless bride. We are experiencing God's salvation and grace every day. Part of the reason that it's so important that we meet, part of the reason we come together is because I need to hear your stories. I need to hear the stories. When I hear your story, it strengthens my faith. I'm standing up here in worship and Ryan is up here. And he's talking about how God's speaking to him about his tackle box. I needed to hear that story. I needed that. I need to know that I'm the one, that Jesus is going and finding. I need to hear that story. If I wasn't here, if I wasn't gathering together, I would have not heard that story. You have a testimony. You have a story. And it's so important for you to share that with someone so that we can strengthen one another in our faith. That is one of the huge parts about coming together as we experience the salvation of God together when we meet together. I am, you can ask my wife, I'm like the last one out of here. It's not because anybody told me. It's literally I'm trying to milk every I'm trying to, you know, wring it out. I'm trying to get everything I can out of this experience because I need this. I need Sunday mornings. This is life giving for me. And we experience salvation when we're together. My faith grows deeper. Your faith ought to grow deeper when you come to this place. The second thing is we glorify God. In worship, worshiping the Creator together connects us with God and with each other. The Psalmist said, "Magnify the Lord and His holy name." Right? It's not a concert at the beginning. I'm just saying it's not a concert at the beginning. And when you understand that what we do at the beginning of our service, we we play music and we sing to God. Why don't we do that? We do it because He likes it. We do it because He likes it. In the Scripture, He talks about raising your voices and playing instruments to Him. We do that because He likes it but it's not a live concert. Yeah, it's cool to hear live music in the week. That's awesome. We don't get to do that all the time. However, what it is on a Sunday morning, when you come into this place and you understand that this is a time where together, when we lift our voices to God, it's a way that we experience God. You'll never want to be late because it's such a powerful experience. It's so incredible. I love, I love the time that we get to worship together. I know some of you who sat near me and worship, you're going, it's, I don't feel connected to you, Joel, when we sit close because you sing terrible. Yeah. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting over here with Katie and Cassie Lee Four, and she said, Katie, I love sitting next to you because you sing so beautifully. And I said, no, that was actually me. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, listen, when we sing together and we worship together, we raise our voices together in praise, we get connected. We connect with one another spiritually and we connect with God spiritually. The third thing that happens and ought to happen on a Sunday morning is we get inspired. All right. Weeks can be hard and tough. Raise your hand if you've ever had a really rough week. Yeah, exactly. It can get tough and we need to be inspired to keep going and to keep fighting in this fight. The definition of inspire is to fill with an animating, quickening, or exalting influence. And our hope is that on a Sunday morning, that God influences you in such a way that you are quickly to exalt Jesus in the midst of everything you face in your life. Some of the most real times I've personally had with Jesus is when I've been going through something really difficult and I've decided to worship or come in here on a Sunday morning and get inspired to leave and fight this fight. And I need that. You need that. You heard what Jefferson said at the beginning of the video. We were created for this community. And apart from this community, we struggle. And so that's what this morning is, these mornings, these Sunday morning gatherings are so important is because we inspired. A lot of times in our spiritual life, we get on the defensive. We get beat down. We're struggling. The enemy is just pounding us, beating our brains out. And we get on the defensive. And what God, what, what happens when I come in here is God inspires me, helps me, lifts me up spiritually to where I can be on the offensive instead of, Reactive, proactive about my spiritual life, proactive about my faith. That's what we hope for. That's what we strive to do when we gather together. Again, whether it's Sunday morning or a community group, we're gathering together to be inspired, to continue to fight, continue to stand up in the midst of our struggle and continue to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be inspired by when we gather together. Jude 1.3 says, contend for the faith. You may not think it's a fight. It's a fight. You have to fight. You have to contend for your faith. If the enemy could do anything, he wants to steal your joy, your inspiration, your desire to fight. And when we come together, you ought to leave this place. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go. The next thing on the list is equips you. You get equipped for the fight through gospel-centered preaching, worship, and community. Man, we are blessed to have the pastor we do. Listen, I've been—I've heard a lot of sermons, and I've been to a lot of churches. And honestly, man, I've had some sermons that are just like, "What in the world?" I have—I'm walking out of there like I have zero clue what that man just said. And and also the awesome thing about Mike is he is so great about breaking things down in a practical way that we can apply. And so when he comes up here and preach, or when I'm up here to preach, what we're doing is we want to preach to you the word, the Bible, the scripture. Listen, you you might like expository preaching or topical preaching, whatever that is. But every time you hear someone preach from this pulpit, we're going to make sure that you are hearing the scripture, that you are hearing the Bible and what God said, not so much what we're saying. I'm going to say a lot of crazy stuff. Ignore that. This is what you ought to be taking away. Christ-centered preaching. And Mike, shout out to you. Awesome, worship. Learning to worship is a tool to help you navigate through hard times. I think as a church, we're constantly growing and learning how to worship. Man, when you come in this place and you raise your hands and worship, you know, you, you can raise your hand. This is a tool in which you can equip. I always tell. I preach a lot of youth camps and stuff, and I say, don't get freaked out when people raise your hands. What do you do when the cops show up? Put your hands up. It's a it's an act of surrender. So surrender. You're surrendering God when you lift your hands. When you're in here worshiping, you're singing, you know, you don't necessarily have to do these things, but you are free to do that here. Okay. You're free to come to this altar here. We're going to make this an altar. You're free to come pray here, pray at your seat. You don't have to stand up. You can sit if you want, but this ought to be a training ground for you where God equips you with the tools to learn how to worship. It doesn't always come naturally. Some of us haven't grown up in the church. So that kind of stuff is just weird. But I'm telling you, this is a place where you can learn how to worship and grow. All right, that's part of the reason we meet together. The other thing is community. We don't have to fight this fight alone. If you've been to the river, you know that we are all about community. I watch a lot of nature shows. You may have heard. I may have used this illustration before, but I watch a lot of nature shows. My boy is obsessed with animals. I love animals. We're gonna watch nature shows together. You ever seen that one episode where? (laughs) <laughs> this is my wife down here. She's like, "What are you about to say?" You ever seen that episode where the the water buffalo are out on the on the Serengeti and they're just eating, right? And then them lions pop up out the weeds, and they're hungry, and they start making their way to the pack. And then it starts getting crazy. They start running. The water buffalo are like, kuh, kuh. they're big animals, and so then all of a sudden those lions they start kind of weeding out the pack. Let's divide the pack. Let's let's break them apart. Then they identify the weak one. They're like, yeah, he's the weak one. Let's get him. And so they start breaking off the pack and they go for the weak one. Start trying to isolate him, divide him, trying to get him by himself. But then, this is the crazy thing. Oh, I love these shows. The water buffalo pack, they turn on the lions they turn around, they come, man, them jokers will hit that lion, boom, with the horns and send that lion flying like a hundred feet in the air. It's insane. Go watch it. All right. It's awesome. Isn't that what the enemy tries to do with us? Enemy tries to isolate us from the pack, separate us from the pack. We weren't built for that. We weren't created for that. But isn't some of the most difficult warring that happens in your spiritual life happen when you're alone? You fight those battles in your mind the most when you're alone, and that's not what you were designed to do. That's why we meet together. That's why we get in community with one another, is we need people to fight with us in the the battlefield of our mind or in our life, whatever it is. We're supposed to do this fight and fight this thing together. That's why community is so important. We've seen people isolated. Shoot, man, Tom Hanks was on that island. For so long, that joker was talking to a volleyball in the movie Cast Away. Go watch that one. That was crazy. When we get alone for a long time, we go crazy. We weren't meant to do that. Just pulled that one out of nowhere. <laughs> crazy. The idea behind what we do on a Sunday morning and by the idea behind why we do this and why we gather in community groups every week. Is this is a tool in which God can connect with you and connect with us collectively? It's the importance. It's why it's important. All right, I'm not saying uh, this isn't like to guilt you or anything like that. I'm literally telling you why I show up because this is what inspires me. This is what gives me life. When we meet together, I am I'm like pumped up. I'm like am. This is life giving experience for me because I experience God through your life, and, and this is why we meet. Last week, we've been talking about tools to help you fight the fight. This is one of those tools. The early church got it together. They they understood. They said, don't ne- neglect the gathering. There's something unique and special about when we get together, whether it's in here and we get to worship together, or we're in the lobby and we're just chopping it up about the week or getting to know one another. There's something spiritual about that. There's something incredible about that where we get strengthened and we get closer to God. I want to read you a story and the band, you guys can come on out. I thought this was pretty funny. Um, there was an article written in a newspaper, um, or it may not have been a newspaper, it was just an article written about Sunday morning services and about the church and uh, and someone sent in a comment, and the comment said this, I've gone to church for thirty years now. In that time, I've heard something like three thousand sermons, but for the life of me, I can't remember a single one of them, so I think I'm wasting my time, and the pastors are wasting their time. And so anyway, the guy that wrote the article was actually excited because this built up kind of some controversy and everything uh, until someone sent in this comment. I've been married for 30 years now. In that time, my wife has cooked some 32,000 meals. But for the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu for a single one of those meals. But I do know this. They all nourished me and gave me the strength I needed to do my work. If my wife had not given me those meals, I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not gone to church for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. We need the church. We need each other. We not, ought not neglect the gathering. We not, let's not The church is not a building, a place that you go, we are the church. You are the church. We're going to pray this morning, and uh, I want to encourage you to pray about a couple things, but I feel like the church, us meeting together, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. In Luke 4, 16, the scripture says, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Even Jesus himself, he showed up as usual. I want them to say that about me. That on Sundays, when the church met, he was there as usual. This was a common experience. Today we're gonna pray. And I don't really know where you're at in your life, I don't know. We've talked about a lot today. And hopefully you're understanding that you play a very important role in what we're doing right now. And God's given you gifts and a story and a testimony that we need to hear. There's somebody in this church that needs to serve alongside you because they need that. They need to experience God in that way. Maybe God's working in your life today. And I I want you to pray. Maybe you're here this morning and when I, sit, when I mention hypocrite, we've all been there. There's no judgment. Someone who says one thing and does something else when nobody's watching, maybe you need to pray today. Maybe you need to experience God's grace. Maybe you need that burden lifted off of you. I want you to pray about that today. I want you to be honest with God and say, look, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I need you. And maybe you... Uh, Maybe you're in here and you've never, this is this is totally off your radar. You don't even, you're like, the church is a body, is a bride? What are you talking about? Maybe you need to experience God in a powerful way. You need freedom for the first time. You're in a self-destructive cycle of sin in your life. And you know what I'm talking about. And you need Jesus. I want to pray with you today. I want to I tell you how you can experience the love of God for the first time in your life. So with everyone's heads bowed, eyes closed, we're going to spend this time of prayer. And I want to encourage those three three people to pray. Maybe you've got something moving in your heart. You need to plug in. You need to get involved in the body. Maybe the body's limping without you and we need you to come serve with us. We need to hear your story. Maybe God's speaking to you about that. I want you to pray and talk to him. You guys have a conversation. Maybe you've lived a hypocritical lifestyle and you're sick of it and you're done with that. You need to have that conversation with God this morning. We're going to use the song and it's time to pray. And the last person in the room, maybe you'd say, I've never experienced God in my life and I I am not satisfied with where I am. I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to walk down here. I want you to come talk to me. I want to pray with you. These guys are going to sing and we're going to pray. Remember, try to just block out everybody. It's just you and God this morning. I'm going to pray right now, and then they're going to sing. Let's continue to pray. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us so much that you come and meet with us when we gather together. God, thank you that we are stronger with one another, stronger together than we are when we were by ourselves. God, thank you for the grace and the freedom we experience when we come together. God we are sharing this life with one another God and it's so true that when we come together you meet with us we believe you are in this place right now we believe God that you are wanting to speak to us God we believe that you are wanting to have a conversation with us this morning and so God as this song plays we are committing to you that we are going to take this time and pray and talk to you about those things God we want to leave this place going God I trust you more today I trust you more today God we love you I pray that during this time that we we'll just cry out to him and pray to him in Jesus' name. Amen.